hearty fraternal greetings and good wishes to all the brothers and the sisters who are gathered here by the will of the master to receive the energies of synthesis as are distributed according to the plan with master cvv as the presiding teacher the ascent of man is through woman the descent of man is into woman ascent is called man descent is called woman by this you should not understand the physical aspect of man and woman <clears throat> when the energies in us they are on the ascent we tend to be masculine and distributive when the energies are on the path of descent we tend to be gather gathering from the surroundings there are some who gather keep on gathering upon earth lot of material wealth and they, they their objective is only to gather even gather wisdom this gathering dimension or receptive dimension is what is called the feminine dimension by this the descent keeps on happening when you start distributing then the ascent starts happening <clears throat> when you descend into mind your objective is always to gather everything from the surrounding when they when you ascend into buddhi your attitude would naturally be to distribute your energies as much as possible to uplift the surroundings so there is a part in us which is masculine there is a part in us which is feminine we tend to be feminine with respect to higher energies we are always feminine with respect to the higher energies we need to receive from higher circles and then we distribute in lower circles so to receive the energies from higher circles one ha- one can only receive it well when he is in the buddhic plane therefore all prayers are suggested to be conducted standing in light not standing in mind mind is a dim light while buddhi is a far better light or flash light standing in light we have to receive further light and distribute into the surroundings through our speeches and actions then it is ajnardha if you stand in mind you only see how to receive all the time and you have not no inclination to distribute your energies for the benefit of the surroundings then we tend to be swardha from swardha to ajnardha there is the ascent so that is what the prayer indicates these prayers 
are given by Master CVV, which were distributed in all centers. And Master E.K. picked them up from Ongol Center when he was regularly visiting Ongol Center. The prayers are all there. There are about 125 varieties of prayers that Master CVV has given. Master E.K. has introduced to us the general prayer and a prayer relating to pituitary regulations and then a, and then the 93 prayers which are contained in the last part of prayers relating to Master CVV. These prayers, man ascends from woman means we have to, if you wish to be ascending, we have to ascend from mind to buddhi. If you ascend from mind to buddhi, from being a receiver, you become a giver. If you don't ascend to buddhi, you don't tend to be a giver. The very first prayer says, be a son and be a giver, isn't it? That is how it starts. The very first prayer, be a giver, be a son, be a man. So that is what is demonstrated by every master of wisdom. He tends to distribute as much energies at all levels, at physical level, at emotional level, at mental level, at buddhic level and at atmic level. He stands out as an outpost for distribution of energies. Distribution of energies leads you to North Pole. As much as you are a giver, so much you move to the north pole of your being, which is Sahasrara. If you are preoccupied with receiving, 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 receiving all the time, you turn more and more to the south pole, which is Muladhara. This is the simple chemistry relating to ascent and descent of man. That's why Bhagavad Gita speaks of Ejnardha Jevana, not Swardha Jevana. Not even Purushardha Jevana, but it speaks of Ajnardha Jevana. From the childhood we are taught to gather. From the childhood we are taught to gather, but we are all not taught as much about distribution. That's why people keep on gathering wealth, people keep on gathering so many varieties of things around them. So many chapels, so many shoes, so much clothing, so much material, so many properties, so much bank balance, only occupied with it. But the other side does not exist. Therefore, we tend to be more and more into the descent. We tend to be more and more feminine. But as much as you see in which, in every way, every which way that you distribute, and this attitude is inculcated, there is the ascent that happens in us. A master of wisdom continues to distribute at every level. He never gathers. His attitude is to distribute. As much as he distributes, so much the nature cooperates and tends to provide resources to him. See, resource is that that each time you give it away, again it is replenished. That is resource. We feel that if we spend away, then it's all empty for us. It's not so. 
the 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 courage to distribute would make you the wealthiest man on earth that's why every every master of wisdom is called the king of man <coughs> the king of man because he is a giver he keeps on giving and he keeps on receiving through nature he doesn't work for receiving any more working for money is not there working for health is not there working for anything relating to him is not there working for others health working for others wealth working for others upliftment this is how a master of wisdom works that's how he demonstrates so the the prayer today is very relevant because the very work of the energy that has descended is to uplift isn't it the avatar of synthesis who is around may he lift up the earth to the kings of beauty there are kingdoms of beauty within us the buddhi kingdom is a kingdom of beauty the plane of ananda which we call is further beauties it gives lot of joy then there is the plane of atma and then there is the plane of paramatma all are in us in seven planes we have the physical the anamaya pranamaya manomaya these are all receptive to nourish the bodies these planes are needed the body is nourished then vijnanamaya you are into the buddhic plane then anandamaya the fifth plane then anubadaka the atmic plane then adi the paramatmic plane so as you move up its distribution as you move down it is gathering you see the north pole and south pole and you see the seasons that happen around us we are now in uttarayana where things are distributed and then comes dakshinayana where we start gathering that's where we get into situations of material expansion and forgetfulness with respect to the spirit that's why caution is made around guru purnima that you are entering into another cycle where we have to be particularly conscious to stay linked in uttarayana it is moving into the higher circles the highest point is in aries and then the longest day is around 21st june you have so our may call is set in uttarayana december call is also set in uttarayana 22nd december onwards it is uttarayana till 21st june either way the master intends uplifting the energies either way the master intends uplifting the energies because the more your energies are uplifted they tend to be sublime see how sea waters they are all uplifted in right from the beginning of was uttarayana the sea waters are all uplifted up to what point up to the summer season which we call grishma ritu isn't it they are lifted very high by about grishma ritu is means it is the hottest season <coughs> the summer by which all waters reach up high the sea waters which are impure which are saltish sea waters are not seen as sacred waters by the scriptures only during sacred certain sacred days you are recommended to take 
sea bath. It's a very great ignorance that people think of going to beaches and taking sea bath every now and then. It's not recommended according to the science of wisdom. Wisdom says there are only certain times where you can take sea bath, like the full moon of Scorpio, like Mahasivaratri, which is again in the at the end of Aquarius. There are certain days where you can take sea bath. At other times, sea waters are not considered to be sacred <laughs> because sea waters also absorbed so many things relating to the earth to keep the, the humanity safe. So these sea waters, which are otherwise impure, they are all lifted up, up and up and up until zone and then, then it starts coming down to us as drinking waters, fresh waters. The waters that descend are the waters that have ascended before. Isn't it? From where do you get the waters? It's from the sea only. All waters are put to evaporation through the summer season and then it comes back to us in the next season as rain. So, the energies which are impure in us, the energies below the diaphragm are all polluted in the sense they have the touch of the earth. It's like muddy waters. Above the diaphragm, it's all pure waters. So if you move above the diaphragm, above the diaphragm, you have the higher centers. If you are below the diaphragm, you are in the lower centers. When you are below the diaphragm, you are only worried about your body, your body requirements, and the requirements of those who are connected with your body. Deha Sammandhavena, Manushlu, Balagurinchin Tapatrayam, isn't it? Each one of us have our own bodily relations. We bother so much about them. But above the diaphragm, it is no more a bodily relation that you develop. You develop soul relation that is called Atma Sammandha. There are two kinds of relatives among humans, Atma Bandhus and Deha Bandhus. The time we devote for Deha Bandhus is very high. Because they seem to be very close to you, which is not true. It's all temporary. The Atmabandhus are eternal friends. So this distinction has to be made. Below the diaphragm you are female. Above the diaphragm you are male. That's why all avatars, if you see Matsya avatara, above the diaphragm they show the man, below the diaphragm they show the fish. Above the diaphragm they... <coughs> The, there is the man below the diaphragm, there is a lion or whatever it is. Like that there are dimensions. Below the diaphragm is for reception. Above the diaphragm it is for distribution. You have to, you have to receive to distribute. Receive from higher circles and distribute in the lower circles. This is the scheme for every person who intends to move up. You have to be dependent upon the higher ones and then be dependable to the younger brother or the lower ones. That's how it is. See, all those who are weak and meek, who are less intelligent, less able, are the disabled, such are the ones whom we have to support. 
Because they are less able. And you relate to the more abled ones. Receive from them and distribute. So when you go on ascending through through your acts of distribution, then you tend to be a man. Then you can you will also be a woman to receive from higher circles. So you 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 tend to receive from higher circles and you distribute in lower circles, thereby you keep on ascending. <coughs> you take the life of life of any seer or any master of wisdom, any Mahatma, their lives have been only demonstration of distribution, distribution. They did not even believe in holding a house. Jesus Christ says, the Son of God has no house to, no shelter to lay his head. He doesn't believe in owning properties, improving properties, property after property, property after. It's not his style. His style is to distribute, 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 distribute. As he distributes, he receives. Just like when the waters are distributed again, it is, they are received. The, the cyclical aspect is very well explained in the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita. We all think that we know Bhagavad Gita, but we do not. There are thousands of dimensions relating to Bhagavad Gita, and not all can interpret Bhagavad Gita unless they have themselves gone through the related transformation and transcendence. Only those can comment upon Bhagavad Gita. Not every man who has intellectual ability can interpret Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, there is a cyclical functioning of reception of energies from higher circles and distribution of energies in the lower circles. When you do not distribute in the lower circles that which you receive, then you are stagnated. People are stagnated when they don't have an attitude to distribute. That is why Krishna speaks of dana, apart from yajna. He speaks of three things, yajnamu, dhanamu, tapasu, in the last chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Yajna means you should know that you deserve to live here as long as you are useful to the surrounding beings. That's all. You deserve, you means we all, we all deserve to be on earth in the form, in the body, and we are supplied the breath only to help the surroundings. Once you are educated and you stand by yourself, from that point it's a matter of helping, 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 helping. Even from childhood there can be an attitude of helping, sharing your text, uh, notebooks with others, teaching your fellow student, right from, there are children, even from the fifth standard, they share whatever they have. And if, if they are given anything, they share with all. If they are given a chocolate box, they don't go and store it in their own cupboards. They take it to the class children and then distribute to them. It is an attitude. It's a matter of sharing. So this sharing attitude, dana, when you don't have it, you cannot progress. All those who think of uh, ascending into sublime or divine energies, 
should think of how much can be done during the day at all levels, physical level, emotional level. Someone is emotionally down, ah, don't, he's always a weeping fellow, I don't want to lift him. This kind of attitude should not be there. People who are suffering from negative depressions, negative energies, you should help them. Those who are in sorrow, those who are in misery, those who are in poverty, those who are in varieties of emotions and down in depression, you should counsel them, you should support them, you should ensure that your prayers reach them and that they are lifted up. There are thousands of ways to help people, thousands of ways. If only you have the urge, the heart to do it, you find innovative ways of helping people. If you don't have it, you do not much see much in terms of helping the surroundings. A limping dog, dog can be helped with a thought, <coughs> that it may be cured in a matter of few days. And after some time you see the limping dog is running normal. Like that there is a, an attitude of distributing energies from you. The more you release energies from you, the more the energies you receive from higher circles through your prayers. When you do not distribute, you cannot receive. Unless you an, an exhale, you cannot ex- inhale. Can you? Can you inhale a second time without an exhalation? You cannot. Can you really eat a second time without defecation? Can you drink something more without urination? It's all alternating. In the, in the nature, everything is alternate. So if you release, you receive. One has to be, one becomes manly to release. There are people who are so courageous that they release. They don't hold. So as much as you release, so much you make way for higher energies to enter into you. If you are already stuffed up, nothing can be an injected into it, isn't it? If we are all fully stuck up, stuffed up, up to the brim of the bottle, what more can get into it? Your prayers will spill over, nothing will get into you. Your pujas, your prayers, your pilgrimages, all are meant for your benefit only, no? We want to get moksha, we want to see Vishnu or we want to see Mahadeva, we want to see the mother, we wish to have the darshan of Ganesha or Kumara or Dattatreya. Oh, so much of uh, what you call <coughs> fancy desires. They are willing to descend into you, to give the darshan to you, provided you have released, you have emptied yourself. You don't empty yourself, you seek more, nothing gets in. It's like you are inviting someone into your house, standing at the very threshold, not giving the way for the one whom you are inviting to get in. You are yourself an obstruction. So therefore, the the very philosophy is based upon releasing the towards the lower planes to receive from the higher planes. If you keep on demanding, it doesn't enter. If you keep on demanding, 
It isn't entire. See how the waters that fall on earth, they are all distributed. Isn't it? They are all distributed for the benefit of the fauna and flora of this earth. Be it lakes, be it rivers, how many millions of acres of fields within our country, forget about other nations, there are such huge rivers on the planet who keep on flowing again towards the ocean. Again towards the ocean. It is received and again it is, they go into the ocean. Like that in our life we keep on receiving through prayers and we keep on distributing the energies in at the mental, emotional and physical plane as a matter of health, which is today called service. <coughs> There are many who think that service is introduced by Christianity and others in our scriptures. One very advanced advocate on taxation once asked me, do you have anything like service in our system? I just, inside I laughed at him, but outside I should not because he is a, a stalwart in the field of taxation. But it's a different field. I told him, the very life is intended to be full of service. He said, where is it? I said, Bhagavad Gita. Ajnardham Guru Karmani. What is Ajnardham? Anything that you do is intended to benefit others. Anything that you do, only for that you live. That is what Bhagavad Gita says. That's why Bhagavad Gita is a world scripture. It is daily studied in all ashrams all over the planet. Do we study? Do we? We don't. It is so familiar, so familiarity, isn't it? It is so familiar that we tend to forget to open Bhagavad Gita. In every ashram, there are seven great ashrams on the planet. In every ashram, the sacred lore is Bhagavad Gita. Why? Because it is a complete scripture for man. A complete scripture with eighteen steps. Eighteen steps of ascent. By heart in Bhagavad Gita is not important. Attuning to the methodology given to move forward in life in tune with Bhagavad Gita makes you to ascend eighteen steps. You have eighteen steps to Sabarimalai, isn't it? Eighteen is a sacred number, it is a number of fulfillment. Eighteen is one and eight, meaning yaja. Yaja. Number one, the sound for number one is ya. The sound for number eight is ja. Ya, ja. Yaja. If you are, if you function in tune, in tune, when you read Bhagavad Gita, your life has to be a life of ajna, that's all. If you truly understand the theme of Bhagavad Gita, your life is a life of offering to the surrounding life. Completely it is an offering. That's what has happened to Master Ike when he was advised to read Bhagavad Gita by Master Kuthumi. And Master, Kuthumi, Master Ike had completely by hearted Bhagavad Gita by then, by 27 years when he had the presence of Master Kuthumi. Master Kuthumi suggested read Bhagavad Gita. Then Master Ike said, I know Bhagavad Gita by, by heart. 
all the 700 strophas. The master again said, read Bhagavad Gita again. Read Bhagavad Gita. When he read Bhagavad Gita with the touch of the master, it was totally different. Totally different. The whole universal scheme dawned in the buddhic plane of master, he realized what Bhagavad Gita was. And thereafter his life has been a life of complete service, nothing else. Living for others, day and night, living for others. He never cared for himself. He never cared for himself. He cared for the world. He cared for the world means whoever comes to him, he responded in terms of love, in terms of service, in terms of assistance, at every level, at every level. He was not a rich man, but still he was sharing whatever little wealth, little wealth he had. Whatever little wealth. When a man came with much anxiety, and when master inquired, what is the matter? He said, my daughter's marriage is in jeopardy because the other side is demanding some gold. <coughs> the master requested his lady if she can spare the jewelry. The lady was equally benevolent. She gave it. So he gave it away to him, get your daughter's marriage done. If we are following Master in those matters we have to follow. Not in matters of setting up Bromar or putting on the attire and trying to imitate him. Imitating such noble acts. <coughs> Can we do that? When there was a marriage in in a crisis on account of a demand for certain jewelry, he shared his jewelry. Likewise, when he gets certain money from any devotee, if someone comes, he just gives it away. It is for him, it has come like that. It is for him, it has come, so I give it away to him. That's how he was functioning. Nothing is held back. Not even a house. It is all we that decided that he should have a house. He said, why should I have a house? Are not your houses my houses? He is living in the hearts of the beings. So where is the point in holding a house, he said. Such is the dimensions that he showed. So what I wish to say is, this attitude to distribute is what is called yajna. Yaja. Why Bhagavad Gita is in 18 chapters? It is a, a scripture of yajna, offering, offering, not gathering. And if you do yajna or yaja, you are in yoga because yaj is, to say yaj means to unite also. You are united in your energies. And this yajna gives you jaya, yaja gives you jaya. Yaja is 18, as I said. Jaya is 81. It's the other way. Yaja, Jaya. The, the original name of Mahabharata is Jaya, Jayam. It is originally called Jayam. Later it was further elaborated into Mahabharata. So by Yaja you get Jaya means the kind of fulfillment which I was speaking to yesterday. So therefore, the whole theme of wisdom is offer in the 
lower circles and fulfill from the higher circles. You are fulfilled in all dimensions. In all dimensions. Just you try to share what you have with all the surroundings. You are filled with it because that is the theme. Tam yajyam barhishi prakshin devat yajyantan vana apadhan purusham pasam that's how we study purusha The very being, the very original being is made, is tied down like an animal and was sacrificed in a yajna. It doesn't mean that you bring a beast and kill it. Whoever is put, put himself to sacrifice, he is the sacrificial beast. <clears throat> that is what is called Purusha Medha Yajna. Purusha Medha Yajna means the one who has taken to form conducts himself in a, ma- in a manner that he has totally sacrificed himself. That's what in Masonic terminology is called the tongue is pulled out the head is cut, the tongue is pulled out and the body is thrown to vultures. Head is cut in the sense, the head that thinks of itself is replaced by the head that thinks for all. That's an initiation. Ganesha received such an initiation, isn't it? He was stupid-minded until his head was replaced by the head of an elephant, which means the head of wisdom. Elephant stands for wisdom. In Vedic symbolism, when the head is replaced by Shiva, did he do the right thing for him or wrong thing for him? Can we say Shiva was cruel? The the idea is you have replaced a selfish and arrogant head with a head of wisdom. So head has to be cut. How can the head be cut? The head is cut by symbolically, by causing the transformation instead of seeking for you, you offer for others. You offer yourself. Why, how could Mahatma Gandhi, Gandhi become Mahatma Gandhi? He was Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi until he offered himself to the independent, to, to work for the independence of this nation. That's why he could become a Mahatma. He has offered himself totally. So by such an offering, see this is the change in the head, nothing else. Don't think Ganesha always holds an elephant head, he has other normal beautiful head also. He appears in different ways to different people. <clears throat> in his own stories, if we read, there are very many ways he appeared, because they have the ability to appear in many ways. So coming back to the topic, if our head is changed, our head is always running around ourselves, our family and our properties. Dharashana, Dhaneshana, Putreshana, that's all over. Isn't it? Eshana Trayas. Me, my wife, my children, my properties. Dharashana, Dhaneshana, Putreshana, Eshana Traya, that's how it is said. So a head which is engaged in such a service, with the touch of the master, it has to transform that you keep off this program and work for a larger whole. And in the larger whole, your wife, your children are also, and you are also included. (laughs) It's not that you are eliminated. So therefore you don't have to exclude them. I was speaking to you about inclusion yesterday. 
You don't have to exclude your wife, you don't have to exclude your children. They are included in the whole. So, along with others, they also flourish by your energies. They are all nourished by your energies. This is how Ajnardha is. This change in the head is what is called head cut. We say head cut when we go for hair cut. Isn't it? <laughs> hair cut is... Uh, it makes... it doesn't change our thoughts anymore. We, be, we become a bit cranky. <laughs> On the day when we... there is a hair cut, there is... A, sometimes we tend to be cranky. It happened once. When I, I had a, a shave, a haircut, and I went to master's house, where he was operating the dispensary. So I saw that there is a huge queue. <coughs> so I thought I should stand in the queue to meet the master. Not for medicine, but to meet the master. <coughs> so the master saw from his seat that I was standing somewhere over behind. And I, he waited for two, three minutes, cleared two, three patients, and then he <coughs> he said, uh, "Why are you so cranky today?" He said, <laughs> "Why are you so cranky? Did you cut your hair?" He said. <laughs> it was true that I cut my hair early in the morning. Was very early in the in the olden days. The barbers were available even by sunrise. <laughs> now we go to barber shop after eight o'clock. So I had my hair cut and took my bath and then went to master for some purpose. So he said, why are you standing over there? Are you cranky? Did you have a hair cut? He loudly said it. All laughed. Then I immediately came out of the queue and met him. He said, what's the matter? I asked him. He said, one advantage which I never abused was whenever I went to the master, he was suspending the activity and attending to me. That is his love for me. I am ever grateful to him. He need not do it. And I never felt the pride of it. It shows how graceful he is. Even in the thick of activity, he used to suspend it and attend to me. Even in classes. When he was giving a class, if I appear over there, he will say, just give me a a couple of minutes like that, he used to speak to the class and then attend to me and then send me away. I used to say, Master, after I can speak to you after the class, no, 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 let me come. Maybe I am such a headache to him that he wanted to clear me off first. <laughs> but that was his grace. So why I say this is, haircut can make us cranky, but head cut, head cut. Different cuts of hair is not head cut. Isn't it? The head should totally change. The head should totally change. Your attitude is, what is it that I can do for the surrounding life today? What is it that I get from the life, from, for the day is uh, the other head. It's a beastly head. See, every animal seeks its food, seeks its comfort, isn't it? Tentam padukotna, yakada khali gavante, yakada padukotna, yakada padukotna, yakada padukotna, yakada padukotna, yakada padukotna. So this is, from this state to the other state, that is called head cut. When the head is transformed, the speech is also transformed. 
If you want to know if someone has really changed for the better, when you listen to him, you will know it. It is so simple as that. If they make the same speeches, when we meet people, we know what they speak, isn't it? When they make the same quality of speeches, it means that head did not change. It's as simple as that. Isn't it? Some people always speak about their sicknesses. We have to listen. Some people always speak of their problems. We have to listen to them. Some people always speak of the conflicts around them. We listen to them. Every time we meet, if there is a qualitative change in the man, there would necessarily be a concurrent call qualitative change in speech. Isn't it? Common sense kala. Dani padda vijnanam kavala. Do we need special knowledge to know that? Ten years ago you speak to some, spoke to someone, he spoke certain things in certain way. Even now when you meet him, he speaks the same things. He means he remains just the same. And when we say, you are just the same, sir, after ten years, he feels very happy. <laughs> he feels very happy, but he doesn't know that we are saying that you remain the same stupid as before. You are as stupid today as you were ten years ago. There is no change. Isn't it? Mana Salamandani Lagyonarandiya Marpulandi Sala Santoshin Jasanta. What is it that people see? They only see the surface. But a man of wisdom sees the quality of speech. A man of wisdom, he has his own ways of seeing what is what. If the head has changed, the speech changes. So, when head is cut, the throat is pulled out, meaning the head is replaced with a, a head of service, meaning it, it gets only thoughts how to serve, how to help. It doesn't get other thoughts. How to gather, it never gets thoughts. If her head is continuingly engaged in getting how to gather, then your head is just some kind of globe on the neck. But if the head always thinks of how much, what help can I do for the one who approaches you, it can be man, it can be animal, or it can be a plant when you come across in your movement. So that is head cut. When the head is truly cut, the tongue naturally goes through a change, it becomes a fiery tongue. Fiery tongue. They say in Christianity that Jesus Christ bestowed fiery tongues on his disciples and thereafter they went on speaking gospel. It's a, 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 a the ancient most principle, whether disciples of Jesus spoke wisdom or not, which is a doubtful question today, because there are so many questions raised about what they spoke. They only spoke about their master, nothing else. <coughs> In every gospel you have only a different presentation of the biography of Jesus Christ. Then it is not a it's not wisdom. If you are thorough with the biography of your master, don't think you are filled with wisdom. If you are filled with same wisdom as your master is, then you say you are a man of wisdom. Biography of a master is one thing. It can be inspiring to us, but it should lead us into the wisdom of the Master. The wisdom of the Master is universal. The biography of the Master is a stimulant to us. 
just limiting with the biography and in four gospels four different type presentations of the same story is given so what is so big about those disciples what is so big about so so those disciples only they attach their name to the master's name so that their name is also propagated isn't it about every master their disciples there are number of biographies keep coming beat sai baba bima beat master ke beat shri biographies don't make the author on par with the master the wisdom that the master stood for is what we have to get into so when he when you speak when your tongue speaks original wisdom fresh wisdom not a reproduction of some scripture <coughs> that is called fiery tongue that is where the speech expresses afresh the wisdom that is called tongue pulled out and is replaced by a tongue of wisdom it is called fiery tongue fiery tongue we have symbols in greek mythology and egyptian mythology where they depicted initiates with fiery tongues meaning the tongue is like a flame coming out of the mouth there is also an animal called griffin as it opens its mouth the as the tongue comes fire also comes in some movies fictional movies they show like that the, the as it opens the mouth the fire comes here the fire is fire of knowledge but not the fire as an element <coughs> fire as an element will burn you but the fire of knowledge will will uplift you so head is cut tongue is pulled out and body thrown to vultures you know what is body thrown to vultures people are always around you seeking all kinds of things people are are always around a man of wisdom seeking variety of things he is willing he is willing he is willing to work for them he will is willing to listen to them he is willing to look at them he is willing to move for them he is willing to use his body for the benefit of all if it benefits people why not so they keep moving so this kind of the 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 legs the hands the senses the mind which consists of the body body according to our scriptures is not just body of flesh and blood please note that this when whenever the scripture says deha it is a bunch of bodies meaning the mind the senses and the body deha punja they call it deha punja deha punja is thrown for vultures means what is a vulture a vulture is that which eats away your flesh so the people around they have so many things to seek from you in different aspects of life without resisting he offers himself to all around even in midnight hours today if we sleep we put the mobile phone in silent mode because we would not like to be disturbed isn't it or if possible we try to switch it off but master ke when he was sleeping the telephone was just on his bed side the telephone was always on his bed side he never believed in putting off the receiver he was always alert who knows who 
If someone calls him in the night for any emergency, he should be available. And he was receiving calls. There were some irresponsible people who thought that they can get the master much easily. In the midnight hours they were telephoning around two o'clock without being... even though it is not an emergency. You should use a man of wisdom in a very delicate manner. But the master was willing. He was willing to lift up the phone and answer any time, be it siesta or be it sleep hours, any time he is available. Availability is the highest dimension of a master of wisdom. Just for our convenience, we, the, the priest close the temple during the night hours. Do you think that the, the deity is sleeping when he, when he does this Pavalimpa Seva? You want to sleep, so you do Pavalimpa Seva to the deity. The deity cannot, doesn't sleep. Does he sleep? He works round the clock. The planet is working round the clock. The solar system is working round the clock. Everything is working round the clock. When your commitment to the surrounding life is so high that you are available and you offer yourself so much, that is called throwing the body to the vultures. Body is thrown to vultures. These are all the three Masonic expressions given with respect to the change that happens in us starting with Ignardha. From Swardha to Ignardha. Thereafter there is the magnetized or purified tongue. Thereafter it is serving the, as much as the time and the place demands from you. You don't have to run or run here and there to serve. The nature sees that there is a unit consciousness which is available for service. So it makes its own use of such beings. And so there is a continued service as long as the service is needed in a particular region or in a particular time. According to time and place, nature is just like a grown-up son is used by the mother for her purposes. The nature uses such beings for their purpose. Such is the work which is intended by the hierarchy for those who follow the ancient path of wisdom. <coughs> Today there is a lot of uh, fancy around being, holding some guru's photo in the pocket and distributing the pictures of gurus to all whom, who, who are known to us. But it, it makes, they don't need your propagation, they don't need your publicity, what they would like you to do is to follow them, to do as they did. To do as they did. How did they, how did they live? That's why a, a, man, the, a wise man's life is a demonstration. He lives for others. He lives for others' benefit, others' upliftment at any level. It can be offering food. It can be offering some financial help. It can be offering some kind of advice. It can be offering, offering, any type of offering. He keeps on offering. That is his work. As you do that work, the ascent happens. As you do that work, the ascent happens. And for such ones, the descent happens from higher circles. 
They keep, how did Master Sibi receive such an energy? How could he receive such an energy? Do we receive such an energy? Number one. Number two, it, it, it came as a thunderbolt. Can we withstand a thunderbolt? Even the earth makes a huge hole. To receive the energy through the form of a thunderbolt, it's not humanly possible unless you have been a very, very advanced initiate who has transformed himself long, 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 long ago and is working for the planet from an ashram. <clears throat> so therefore, the ascent is what we are seeking here. Seeking means we decide to think of benefiting others instead of thinking of benefiting ourselves. That's why it is said, praying for self-good or self-elevation is also selfish. Praying for the benefit of all is the true player, prayer. Vaka samastha sukhino bhavantu sarvejana sukhino bhavantu. Such is the true prayer. Nenu bhavundali. I should be. Happy, I should be comfortable, nobody listens in this world. In the entire universe, it is not, such prayers are not heard. That's why all our hymns in Rigveda, they say, it's it's seeking reception for the whole group. Even Gayatri Mantra is seeking light for the whole group, not for me. Dhyaha, Yonaha, Prachodayat. Meaning, our wills may be stimulated, our wills may be elected. That is the prayer. Sahanavavatu, sahanavunatu, sahaviryam karavavahai. Everything is together. That's how the prayers are collective prayers for the groupal benefit. So, such is the work which is intended. This change is what is to be brought about afresh. That's how Master Ike said, descent of Master CVV is, the energy through Master CVV is just like the descent of energy of Krishna in the twilight of Dvapara and Kali Yuga. Why? Because amidst those stalwarts of the times, there were great men who, with a lot of knowledge, but people were Self-centered, they are only aggrandizing themselves and even the seers are worshipping for themselves, not caring for the surroundings. There are so many episodes in Krishna's life. When some group of seers, then when they are doing some fire ritual, an elaborate fire ritual, and when their ladies are cooking for the gathering, some cowherd boys come to this because they felt hungry, they went and asked for food. The seer said, no, it's not time. Until the ritual is complete, no food can be offered. So the cowherd boys, the Gopalas, they went back to Krishna. And Krishna said, they are all, they are all perverted, perverted devotees, perverted worshippers. Because they think that doing that fire ritual is more important than feeding a hungry stomach. 
So he told the cohort boys, Al Gopalas, go to the ladies from the back door. Go to the ladies from the back door. <coughs> so the he went, the boys went from the back door to the ladies and said, Mommy, mothers, we have, we are very hungry, we came grazing the cows and we have eaten whatever we brought, but somehow we are feeling very hungry. Please, do you give us something, whatever is cooked for the yajna or the fire ritual? They just first served it to the boys. Then they said, there are some more over there. <laughs> Only a few came here. Others were still there, there are some more over there, along with Krishna. Then the ladies, they heard already about Krishna. Along with Krishna, he was also there. The, the boys said, yes, there are some more over there with Krishna. So they wanted to see Krishna. So whatever, whatever is cooked along with it, they went into the, <coughs> into the fields to feed the boys and Krishna. Looking at Krishna, they, they have found, because of the sense of offering which they have, they, they had a, 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 a state of transcendence. They, they, they transcended, they forgot about the fire ritual, about their husbands, about to serve all those who attend the, the, <coughs> the Ajna, they forgot. They came away with the, with all the food material, drinking material, and then looking at Krishna, they received the transcendental state. That's it. The food was all served. And then these years, who finished their fire ritual. You know this, we know how it is after a fire ritual. So they came and saw that they, the ladies are not at home and the food is not there. So when the ladies came back, they understood what happened and they were surprised. But all that they intend experiencing through the fire ritual is experienced by the ladies without all this rigmarole. Why? Because they had a sense of offering, while you don't have that sense of offering. So that is the, the key. Krishna demonstrated so many things like that. Even Govardhana was a demonstration like that. Everything in his life is, think of these fellow beings. That kind of energy descended at that time and in Bhagavad Gita it was elaborately given. So also, the energy is once again descended after 5,000 years. According to Mahasarika, take it as a second descent of Krishna. Master told me very clearly. <clears throat> and he wrote in his book, Master CVV, he did not find any difference in his experiencing of Krishna and CVV. <clears throat> it is just the same. In what way it is just the same? It took me long years to contemplate, to know what exactly it is. It is the same principle of sharing, same principle of offering, that is yajna dana, then only your prayers are fulfilled. Please remember, your prayers are never fulfilled unless you have demonstrated enough of offering your life when it transforms itself into a life of offering, then only your prayers cause the needed transformations in you. As long as you do not attend to the first 
the second does not happen ajñamo dānamo tapasso ajñā dāna tapasso in the last chapter of bhagavad gita that is exactly what happened with this energy descending it has come to fulfill the planet it has come to fulfill the planetary beings <coughs> that's why it it found its descent when sun is in an exalted state in the in aries 30th march it touched the earth as i said 30th march it touched the earth and the moon was in the constellation of anuradha thanks to the the software we have we can just click the time and you you get all the planetary placements of the time isn't it only you should have the inquisitiveness what could have been the planet planetary configuration on 30th march 1910 what could have been the planetary configuration on 29th may 1910 if you are really a jignasu because we are supposed to be jignasus means jignasus are those who have inquisitiveness inquisitiveness about what about wisdom not about the affairs of others we are very inquisitive to know what is happening in the neighbor's house isn't it we are not so very inquisitive to know what could have been the planetary configuration on 29th may 1910 when i said yesterday to you that this is 108th may call in 108 years how many times would jupiter have turned over you can yourself tell me nine times because it takes 12 years for jupiter to make one circle isn't it when we are in the 108th mekal what it means it means 12 times 12 12 times the jupiter nine times the jupiter has moved around we are entering into the 10th cycle of jupiter ever since the mekal has come to be this kind of understanding is helpful isn't it so 12 times 12 is the number of jupiter so nine rounds jupiter has made around and we are starting with the 10th round 10th round it gives you certain dimensions <clears throat> 108 i said yesterday today when i open this book on moon i will show you how many dimensions are there in relation to 108 how many dimensions why astrotara sata why astrotara sata for everything it has significance so now 108 108th make all is it not significant to us number 1 we are starting the 10th cycle of jupiter and where is jupiter today according to the sayana it is in libra it was in libra at 4 degrees when master in started initiating the the planet on 29th may it was in jupiter was in libra uranus was in aquarius moon was also in aquarius on 29th may in the beginning of aquarius where the constellation is uttarashada uttarashada means the posterior leaf this is the translation given by masrike in 1983 which i have posited in the book the moon which i released today 
meaning see from moola there is an ascent constellations nakshatra constellations also we should get familiar that is a question of relating to knowledge i was just like every one of you as an accountant but your inquisitiveness would le- would reveal many things to you because you make the approach towards wisdom with such hunger with such hunger there has to be tapana so from moola there is purva ashada uttara ashada shravanam dhanista this is a, a path of ascent from sagittarius to aries in this path of ascent in uttara ashada means posteriorly if an animal when it is climbing a mountain first it sets the first two steps two legs and then joins the later legs with the early four legs the rear legs join the higher the four legs and again and again it makes a, a forward movement with the front legs that's how the, there is a climbing up that's what bhagavad bhagavata also says trana jalupa yu bole with the four legs you make a forward step the back legs join the rear legs join that's what we do when we walk isn't it we make one leg and then join see that the second leg is step is is crosses over the first again the first leg and then the second leg this is how there is a progress uttara ashada means an uplift the the posterior uplift not anterior dvitiya parardha we say no like that it's a it's it's a complete uplift it's an uplift from mind to buddhi the moon on the day of initiation given by master cvv that is 29th may 1910 moon was in uttara ashada in conjunction with uranus in aquarius uttara ashada according to sayana system the moon is in aquarius and in 1910 uranus was in aquarius moon and uranus were together in aquarius in libra there is jupiter and in gemini there is sun and mercury like in every year sun and mercury are always around the same place and in the around 29th may it's always 7 degrees or 8 degrees in gemini <coughs> so gemini sun and mercury making a trine with jupiter in libra and martar making a trine with moon and uranus in uranus in aquarius which again is in trine with gemini there is a airy trine it is an airy trine an airy trine lifts us into buddhic plane because air relates to buddhic plane that's why there is a lift up that's where hanuman becomes relevant for airy uh, signs airy signs are very important for for the present time because it is a lift up from fire to air from mind to buddhi master himself has his moon in aquarius aquarius moon so this is how there was a grand trine when the master initiated and when you understand the purpose of this trine jupiter in libra will help to relate to uranus in aquarius and sun in gemini so there is a, a grand trend that was prevailing 
విచ్ ఎనేబుల్డ్ ది లిఫ్ట్ అప్ టు హ్యాపెన్ సో హీ చోస్ దట్ టైమ్ పర్పస్లీ ట్వంటీ నైన్త్ మే ఇట్ హ్యాపెన్ టు బి జ్యేష్ట బహుళ పంచమి ఇట్ హ్యాపెన్ టు బి జ్యేష్ట బహుళ పంచమి టుడే వేర్ ఆర్ వీ జ్యేష్ట బహుళ తదియా ఇట్ వాజ్ జ్యేష్ట బహుళ పంచమి సీ నిరాయణ అండ్ సాయనా దేర్ ఆర్ టూ డిఫరెంట్ వేస్ ఆఫ్ అండర్స్టాండింగ్ దెమ్ బట్ ఫర్ పర్పసెస్ ఆఫ్ హైరాకికల్ విజ్డమ్ దే ఆల్వేస్ రిలైడ్ ఆన్ సాయినా సిస్టమ్ అండ్ మూన్ కాన్స్టలేషన్ ఈ స్పెసిఫికలీ నోటెడ్ బికాస్ ఇట్ హ్యాస్ ఇట్ సిగ్నిఫికెన్స్ దట్ వాజ్ హౌ ఇట్ వాజ్ ఆన్ ట్వంటీ నైన్త్ మే నైన్టీన్ హండ్రెడ్ టెన్ దట్ సన్ అండ్ మెర్కరీ వరెన్ జెమిని Jupiter in Libra, Uranus and Moon in Aquarius. Aquarius in us, he is at the top of the head. Libra is at the navel. And then Gemini is at the throat. So from navel to throat, throat to top of the head, there is a lift up. This lift up is worked out by this airy trio. <coughs> airy trio. the horizontal bar in libra becomes a vertical bar in gemini and becomes an electrical double line in aquarius that's how the transformation happens so these transformations are intended to be worked out i don't want to bore you with astrology but i would like you to understand some basic things about the energy patterns that were present when the master <coughs> initiated the planet and the planetary beings when he received the energies it was as i said on 30th march during midnight hours 30th march means it is in the month of aries where sun is exalted sun is exalted i have seen the chart the moon is in anuradha constellation moon is in anuradha constellation libra jupiter is in libra and he that was the time when the energies came because if you know the characteristics of uh, the constellations every constellation has its uh, speciality and uh, in relation to this work 29th may means uh, sun is in the constellation of ardra you can see from aries if you count uh, from aries 21st march let us say to 20 20th April it is 30 days. From 20th April to 20th May it is 30 days, 60 days. From 20th May to 29th May it is 69 days. Isn't it? Now you count Asphini, let us say 13 days. Bharani, 13 days. Krithika, 13 days. Rohini, 13 days. Mrugasira, 13 days. So 5 13s are 65. And every, every... and then with 20 seconds it would be two more degrees so 67 degrees so after 67 degrees from zero degrees aries you get into ardra every time when you sun is in ardra every time when do when we do our mekar that's why we start on 27th the purpose of initiating the mekar on 27th is from that day sun enters into ardra sina system ardra brings the accessory vibrations its rudra vibration ardra is we say it is shiva's nakshatra isn't it 
ardra it is rudra's constellation it causes the vibrations which would enable the change to happen ala jalad patesthe papu migilipoy raalani anni vere ayipothe kadandi kada mana purakalam jalad patesthe vaadu edi papulu raalu vere ayipodaniki like that ardra every time sun is in ardra you have there is a shake up by which your energies can be the the desirable energies can be gathered and the undesirable energies can be eliminated anduke ga jalad padtam and it is for 13 days sun movement in constellation is 13 to 14 days because 13 degrees 20 minutes is the constellation of the each constellation so therefore always for make all sun is in ardra how beautiful it if moon is in ardra more or less it does the same work in a pleasant manner sun in ardra is more powerful moon in ardra is pleasant that's why we have to observe these two luminaries around us sun moon have to be observed and lagna these are the three things basically astrology wants us to know to make note where is sun where is moon and ascendant is always in gemini in the month of gemini at 6 o'clock in the morning so therefore it come when it came to 30th march the constellation in which moon was in anuradha why anuradha i went into the characteristics of anuradha because the scriptures are all available to us thanks to the ipad anuradha is the deepest of the constellations among the 27 constellations and it is in scorpio scorpio is the deepest of the signs <coughs> so for me to make a very deep anchoring of the energies which are received the energies visited in the when moon is in the constellation of anuradha and it was in the midnight hours it happened there are many more details when you but i don't want to get too much into astrology that's where anuradha has become very relevant to the energies of master cbv's work and then the entry of the energies as i said yesterday the entry of energies was through the central sun system of leo regulus i said regulus regulus also is located very regulus in the 27 constellations it falls in uttara falguni <coughs> uttara falguni so uttara falguni is this birth star of master ki see things don't happen casually in universe everything happens according to a, a, a hidden plan and we come to know according to the depths depths that we gain the very energy of sirius according to spiritual astrology is located in scorpio locationally sirius is in scorpio it has entered into our system through leo that's why master cvv is his sun sign is leo master mn his sun sign is leo master ek his sun sign is leo like that. so locationally it is scorpio entered through leo and the energy is aquarius <coughs> so aquarian energy uranian energy which relates to aquarius so that's how the fixed cross becomes an important cross i wrote a book on fixed cross aquarian cross which you may go through aquarian cross 
He is the cross of Taurus, Scorpio and Leo, Aquarius. An aspirant in Taurus transforms himself in Scorpio and then gets into world service in Leo and becomes a universal being in Aquarius. That is how Master Jwalkul has presented the theme through the fixed cross in the book Esoteric Astrology. So coming back to the theme, the purpose of this energy is once again to transform a major part of this humanity from being Swardhat to be Ajnardha. Every educated person today, fairly educated person, thinks of working for a larger whole today. Don't think only those who are working with Master or CVV energy. Whoever is working for the benefit, for example, Bill Gates, what is it that he has done? He is even adopting nations for their development. And the knowledge that he enabled to turn Steve Jobs, such of those great beings, people who work for the benefit of humanity at large, all those scientists, you can analyze their lives. They are all people who are for a larger whole. That's what we say, think global, act local, isn't it? Think global, act local. We have to think big. If you think only about your life all the time, it is such a small, it's such a small, insignificant thing. You put an equation of words if you are only concerned about yourself, you are just self-centered. Just from self-centeredness, you, you shift the center into the surroundings. Then the energies flows, energies flow into the surroundings. Center everywhere, circumference nowhere, that's what Master said. So that's where the, the work of Master CVV, it all, when we see the planetary configuration, when the energy visited, and when he initiated, you get certain hints about the purpose of this energy. It's an Aquarian energy. It is meant, meant to make a happy combination of a, uh, immutable and the immutable, which is Gemini. Mutable and mutable. It has a purpose of uplifting through transforming, transforming the individual lives into lives of offering and service. And it is an all-inclusive energy. Therefore, all is included into it. <clears throat> That's why he never rejected anything. This is, can we continue to chant Vishnu Sahasanama? He said, yes, you may. You may. He never said, you should. Should we continue with our abhishekans? Yes, you may. Should we or should we not do your, our sandhya vandanams? He said, according to your inclination. This is everything. What enters into you through the prayer is a wholesome energy, but by virtue of your own inclinations, if you wish to do other things, you may do it. You may do it. But ensure that you do remain with it so that your expansions are faster. The expansions are expected to be very fast 
when this energy touches you, this is for sure. If you are regularly working with these principles of at least attempting to to do good to the surroundings, if you have the intent, you would slowly gain the ability. It is the intent that brings the ability. (laughs) Virtue brings intelligence. That's why virtue is primary, intelligence is secondary. If you hold on to your virtue, to fulfill that virtue, the needed intelligence comes to you. So therefore, if you have a a spirit of offering, that is the basic thing, and then you invoke the master, then your energy starts functioning to cause the transformations, to make an uplift in you, and to make you a better server than before. Better server than before. That's why the prayers and the service, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And the more you receive through prayers, the energy, the the better is the quality of service. Better is the quality of service. The service quality has to be improved upon through prayers. And the prayers will be improved upon through service activity. And the beauty of the prayers is, the prayers also are the means to impart knowledge to us. All knowledge, it is promised by the Master, all knowledge comes to you. Just be regular with your prayers. And make note the instructions. We will continue in the evening. This is only in, in, in continuation with whatever is said yesterday. The detail of the descent I explained and the purpose of the descent I have explained. So we will continue again in the evening. How the knowledge part happens in us, how the prayers happen in us. So that tomorrow we walk into the prayers with greater intent. Thank you one and all. Namaskar.